none of us really knew what the process should look like, how we should do things logistically. We did not get an LLC set up first. Um, you know, we, we did that recently, which is great, but there were just certain things that uh, we, we didn't quite know fully. And I think that's something that it's important for people that are just getting into it to know that it's okay to not be doing everything the right way starting out. And the cool thing with real estate is there isn't really a right way for a lot of things. Um, there's a way to figure things out if you do things the wrong way, but it's not necessarily um, just a, a clear like path for everyone. So, Welcome to the Invest Nest Real Estate Investing Show, a community for real estate investors to learn, network, and grow. Be sure to join the investnest.com and start learning and earning today. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Travis Murphy, your host of the Invest Nest Real Estate Investing Show. Thanks again for joining me this week. We've got another great Invest guest joining us. Uh, just wrapped up an awesome interview with Whitney West with West Invests, uh, and she tells us all about her real estate investing journey. Really good stuff in this interview. I think you guys are gonna are, are gonna like it. But before we start, I want to remind everybody, if you're listening to the podcast, to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on any of our future shows. And of course, leave us a rating and review if you're enjoying the show so far. We're also on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Invest Nest. So go give us a follow there and check out theinvestnest.com. It's an online social networking community for real estate investors, and you can create a free profile. So it's totally free. Uh, you can get started right away and start networking. All right. And now I'm going to welcome our invest guest, Whitney West, to the show. She's with West Invests and uh, she's going to share her real estate investing journey with us. Whitney, how are you doing today? Hey, Travis. I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks for joining us. So tell us a little bit about yourself and what you've got going on with real estate. Yeah, sure. So I am new to all of this. Um, as of September, we closed on uh, my first property uh, with some of my partners. Um, but yeah, I'm very new, <laughs> very eager to get really started in my investing career. Awesome. Congratulations on your, on your first deal. Thank you. Okay. Well, very cool. So tell us, I guess, tell us a little bit about how you got in, how you got into real estate investing, what you were doing before and why you decided to get started with it. Yeah, sure. So um, I actually work for a company called the Commencement Group. I still do work there, I'm the VP of Operations. And the Commencement Group, we basically contract with universities throughout the country and we provide services at their commencement ceremonies. So back in March of this year, obviously Corona hit and really devastated, um, well, devastated everything, but the events industry in particular took, um, you know, a real, a real plunge. So uh, my company, we actually had to go into furlough for a little bit. Um, we're back on now and, you know, going strong, but uh, I had a lot of free time on my hands and I was suddenly... Uh, faced with this uh, decision of what what to do with it and um, just thinking about my financial future and everything um, because I was very stable in my career prior to March so I hadn't really given it a lot of thought and at that point uh, a couple of my friends had approached me and they were going to get into real estate investing and 
I had always been super interested in houses. I was one of those HGTV <laughs> junkies, but I never thought of it as a reality for me. I never, I used to watch like um, Chip and Joanna Gaines, of course, and I would watch these young couples buying houses and I would just think to myself, how, how are these people doing this? It just didn't make sense to me. I was always a renter. I always just rented apartments. I thought houses were way too much of a commitment. I just didn't see the investment opportunity. Yeah. Um, so real quick, so you had a your regular W-2 job, career going strong. Yeah. And obviously what happened this year with, with um, you know, the pandemic, it was an eye-opener for a lot of people because I think we – a lot of people in our careers, we feel security, but it's, right. it's a false sense of security because you're really at the mercy of your employer and whatever, you know, whatever they're subject to, which exactly. it, and it sounds like you lean, are leaning now on real estate for that supplemental income or that passive income, I should say, because that can provide more of a security blanket. So is that what, is that what kind of spurred you along with your friends to getting into real estate? Exactly. I think it was just that realization. I used to think I had so much security in my job. Like I made a girl, like I made really good money. Um, and I was very happy with it. <laughs> I was able to travel and, you know, afford those, those luxury <laughs> things that I, I enjoyed at the time. Like I've had a huge mindset shift <laughs> in those terms, but, um, tell, tell us about that. What do you mean by that? Yeah. So the past eight years I was with I am still with the commencement group, but um, over the past like five years, I just started really making the money that I wanted to make and, and doing really well with them. Um, and I, so I, I played it smart out of college. I was in probably 75,000 debt after college and I decided to live home at my parents' house until I was 26, I believe. Um, and I paid off all my debt. So I was good to go there. And then I was also, simultaneously started making good money. So I, instead of thinking of buying a house or, or something like that, I wanted to go live in like one of those luxury apartments. So that's what I did. I moved, I actually, I went to one luxury apartment in New Jersey, that's where I grew up. And then I moved to Georgia and moved into luxury apartments in Georgia. So that was just what I, um, I liked living that way. I really enjoyed the ease of it and the amenities. Yeah. And I was just a total consumer. Recently got into a lease with Volvo. So, you know, luxury car, luxury apartments. And it wasn't like for show to anyone. I just enjoyed that life. And yeah, I, it's, a, it's a natural. I think it's a natural progression for people. When you start making more, you start spending more. It's not. Yeah. It's not about anything other than you just feel good because you're making money and you want to have the you know nice things to show the fruits of your labor. Exactly. But, but it sounds like that something's changed and maybe you have a different mindset now. Where, where, how do you feel about, about spending yeah. money and, and your finances currently? So, so I, um, not only was I like spending money on the living, I was also traveling a lot and, and everything as well. Um, Living and a good, not, living a good yeah, life, exactly. right? Yeah. Oh yeah. I do not, I do not regret it for a second. I'm so happy that I lived my twenties that way. Like really, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change a thing necessarily at this point, but I am glad that this happened and put me in a position where I did have to think, okay, what is it that I'm doing? What do I see in my future? How can I 
you know, create this financial freedom and, you know, not just always rely on my W-2 job. Um, and so that really, when Corona hit, before that, I had no intention of really investing in real estate. I had an intention of maybe buying myself a personal, you know, property eventually or buying, you know, vacation homes and stuff like that. But I didn't see it as uh, the opportunity that I now know it to be yeah. um, and see the potential. in. so, yeah. So you, you mindset, mindset shift, different perspective on things after what happened yeah. this year. So that's awesome. So now let's talk about real estate. So what, what, yeah. what happened? You had this mindset shift. You realized you need a little bit more security with your, your, um, your finances. What happened next? Um, well, first of all, I probably never would have still taken the plunge had it not been for um, my partners. I have three uh, other female partners that were my friends beforehand. Um, and they really uh, pushed me to see this as a viable opportunity. Um, and I think if I had just started the journey on my own, I, well, I don't know if I would have... Um, I don't know if I would have pushed myself necessarily to just dive in. Um, whereas because it was the four of us and we were working together, uh, we didn't spend a long time in like the analysis uh, or get stuck in analysis paralysis. We started really working together in June. Um, that's when we started having meetings and looking at properties and everything like that. And we closed on our first property in September after you know making a lot of offers and everything so we didn't really allow ourselves to get stuck we were like okay we're doing this let's just let's go so had your friends already been investing any of them or is, are you yeah. all new to it and um, so two of them live in georgia and one of them lives in new jersey um and i also live in georgia i'm just i'm home in new jersey for the holidays right now but uh the two that live in georgia um one of them had accidentally uh bird a house a few years ago just it just happened and she realized what she did after mm -hmm. um and then she also uh owns her own personal residence that she house hacks uh right now and then um our other partner down there she has just helped out on those previous properties and um she has her family's really into the real estate game as well so she they're very knowledgeable um, and then my partner in New Jersey was also just really into the reading about it, the podcasts and everything like that. Yeah. So we were kind of hadn't done anything before, but they had, so it was kind of like a good, a good mix. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think a lot of people can relate to the, to that having partners or maybe the fact that you would not have gotten into real estate investing if it hadn't been for somebody else kind of pushing yeah. you and the same could probably be said for them as well so sometimes you know that that partnership push or just having other people to bounce the ideas off or kind of further that um that goal or further that concept with really is helpful i mean i have business partners that i invest with and i had not done much investing before I met, met up with them and started with them as well. We did kind of a similar thing. We got started getting together, having meetings. Yeah. yeah identify what we wanted to do. So tell us, I guess, what did you guys do? How did that work? You started meeting in June. Did you put together an LLC? Did you, you know, already, did you guys already all know what you kind of wanted to do or like, how did all that come together? I'll tell you, Travis, it was kind of flying by the seat of our pants a lot of it. Um, our meetings, like we would do three meetings a week 
uh, all on um, Google Meet just because we were all in different places. Um, and we hadn't, none of us really knew what the process should look like, how we should do things logistically. We did not get an LLC set up first. Um, you know, we, we did that recently, which is great, but there were just certain things that uh, we, we didn't quite know fully. And I think that's something that it's important for people that are just getting into it to know that it's okay to not be doing everything the right way starting out. And the cool thing with real estate is there isn't really a right way for a lot of things. Um, there's a way to figure things out if you do things the wrong way, but it's not necessarily um, just a, a clear like path for everyone. So yeah, that's that's a really good point. I, I want to kind of drive that home for the for the listeners out there because you know I talk a lot about you know it is important to educate yourself and you do kind of you do want to know what you're doing to an extent, but you're never going to have it perfect. You're never going to go in and execute something even five years into your investing career when you do know much more than when you first started. There's always going to be surprises. There's going to be things right. you could have done differently. So and there isn't a right or wrong way. I mean, if you're a person that needs to feel a little bit more comfortable, spend a little bit more time researching, there's nothing wrong with that. If, if you're a person that's more, you know, out of the gate, a go-getter and just wants to kind of tackle it and take it on and, and trial by fire, kind of learn along the way, there's nothing wrong with that either. It, it really depends on the person. I do like to always remind everybody to, to, to it is investing. So you, there is money risk involved. So you want to, you kind of want to know what you're doing to an extent, but you know, some people wait and wait and wait and others just go in and, and, and go after it. And either way, in either case, there's going to probably be a similar outcome. There's going to be mistakes made and you're going to learn in, in either, yeah. either path you take. So that's awesome. I like that. We talk a lot about other people that kind of do all the research and have everything, all their ducks in a row. And this is nice to hear a, a different perspective of just kind of getting in there and getting after it and making it happen. And you're right. There's no right or wrong way. So that's awesome. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, if it, if it hadn't been for my partners, I would have been the person that was just spending years learning because I was the one when they, when they first approached me, I like, you know, bought all these books and just started listening to podcasts and just delving into the vast amount of content that's out there. Um, and I was so focused on that and I was definitely the most, um, like risk averse of all of us. And <laughs> during meetings, I would constantly be the one like, Oh guys, I don't know. I don't know if we should do this. This seems, this seems scary to me. Um, and if it weren't for like the extra push that they were making, I would have just stayed reading and learning until I felt so that's just the kind of person I am. I like to understand something fully before diving in usually. And I, I am totally in a place where I, I still hardly understand anything fully with real estate. I like am learning as I go and I feel good about that, um, especially because I do have the partners to lean on and, you know, um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, every, we all are. I'm still learning as we go. We, it's a continual process. But that's yeah. another that's another huge benefit of partnerships, you know, because some someone who may be a little bit more risk averse versus you know somebody the opposite side of that spectrum, the partnership kind of strikes a balance between all the members of that 
partnership. And, you know, it may not be as fast as some may like it. It may not be as cautious as others may like it, but finding that balance and once everybody is comfortable with it, you know, that's, that in itself is helping kind of mitigate some of the risk, you know? So very good point there. Um, So what did, what did you guys identify and, and end up purchasing? So you closed in September, right? Yes. In September, um, we actually, it happened in early August. Our offer was accepted, I think August 7th. Uh, it was on a fourplex. So that was very exciting. It was an off market deal that our agent had brought to us. Um, it was definitely a tumultuous, (laughs) uh, like month and a half that the process went on. There were a lot of ups and downs. We didn't think we were going to actually get the property at so many points, it was an emotional roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Um, but the property just made so so much sense with the numbers and um, and the location and everything. And we we just knew we had to have it. We had to do anything that we could to to make the deal go through. Um, but it the problem the main problem we ran into with it was during appraisal because it was it's a fourplex because it got converted into a fourplex, but it's classified duplex. And there was a lot of, you know, back and forth appraisal companies not wanting to take it up and different things like that. So, but we finally made it through the deal closed September 25th. Um, My one partner and I from New Jersey, we drove down there and, you know, went to closing day, very exciting. (laughs) And then um, we inherited tenants on the one side and then the other side, we fixed up the two units on the other side. So right now, everything's rented out. Um, I'm house hacking one of the units. So I'm in the studio there. Awesome. Um, and yeah, that's kind of where we are. We have the fourplex going. It's up and running well. And uh, we're just on to the next thing at this point. Yeah, that, this is really good stuff. So you guys bought a, a, a fourplex that wasn't a purpose-built fourplex. It was a duplex. Yeah. And so you you know, like you said, there were some challenges getting to closing. There usually are. And when you're in the midst of that, it can be very stressful and, and cause a lot of anxiety and hindsight after the fact, sometimes that can be part of the fun, but I guess it just depends on how it turns out. Um, but you, you kept pushing, right? You guys kept pushing forward and you made it to closing and the appraisals, I guess were having a hard time because they were probably comping based off of duplexes where you guys are looking at the numbers. You guys are looking at the financials behind it. And it's, is if it's cash flowing, as a quad and you guys are making money on your investment and that's what matters to you. So right. instead of getting scared off by the fact that maybe it wasn't meeting its appraisal and thinking we're maybe we're overpaying for this, you guys were able to identify that that doesn't matter because you guys have a plan. You guys know your numbers and you know what your, your, your goal is. And this, this, this investment's going to help you achieve that goal. So you pushed forward, you closed. That's awesome. And then you're house hacking it. So you're yeah. living, you're living in one of the units. Yes, I am. That <laughs> so is we cool. had to, we ended up, we had to do an uh, FHA loan on it. So um, we did that in my name. And again, I know like a year from now, already we look back and we're like, oh, I wish we had financed a different way because we didn't want to put anything in our individual names. And, you know, we didn't do the whole LLC thing before that. And, you know, there's so much that I know we would have done different, but at this point, you know, we are where we are. We have the property, it's working out. Um, and, and yeah, I'll, I'll house hack it just for this year, um, under the FHA loan. And then once I'm done with that, we'll rent that unit out and 
it'll be great when all those units are rented and we can just kind of let it sit. <laughs> yeah. Are the other three units rented currently? Yes. So it's yes. fully occupied. Fully occupied. Yes. Nice. We're very happy about that. <laughs> nice. And you know, like you said, learn, you, know, you learned through this first investment, right? That you could have done some things differently, but if you hadn't done the first investment, you wouldn't know any of these things. Yeah. So, you know, you got to, you know, you got to get in there and just start doing it and you're going to learn regardless. And now, you know, if you go on, when you go to take down your next investment, you kind of know better what to do, you know, what right. to avoid and how to set it up. And, you know, that's part of the process. That's part of the fun with real estate investing. Obviously some of these mistakes can be costly, but you know, it's, it's, there's no two deals alike. There's no right or wrong way to do it. There's yeah. a lot of different strategies and approaches. Um, and that's why it's kind of fun because you can be creative and do things in a lot of different ways. And as long as it works out for you and your partners, that's all that really matters. Uh, so you guys are in your first investment and are you, what are you guys going to do now? Are you going to start the LLC or what, what's yeah. your plan going forward? Yeah. So we already, we already created the LLC. So I'm just still waiting for that to officially go through. Um, but we are still making offers on properties. Haven't gotten anything accepted yet. We are in the process of some talks with a few, uh, trying to figure out some seller financing. We're definitely focused on the creative financing at this point and figuring that out because we don't want to necessarily go the conventional route um, right at this particular moment again. We would prefer to do something creative. Um, so we're, we're trying to navigate that. And yeah. yeah, I want to talk about that in just a minute, but real quick, just back to your, your quad. Did you, you said you did some renovations on it. Did you guys do those yourself or did you contract that out? Yes, we did it all ourselves. There was a few things we had to have a handyman come in for, um, but we did all that ourselves and that was, it wasn't, we were actually very lucky the condition that it was in. It was not horrible. Like it was mostly cosmetic, like flooring, paint, um, nothing too crazy. So it, it was actually a lot of fun. Like we all, we all enjoy that kind of hands-on aspect of it. And it's cool when you can take something from looking one way and completely change it on your own and be able to like visually see that change was, mm -hmm. was fun. Um, yeah. And we so, saved some money there, obviously. Yeah. Too. That's what I was getting ready to say. So every, you know, I, I want to ask you this real quick too. Are, are you guys managing it yourself or are you outsourcing the management? Yes, we are managing it ourselves. Um, and one other mistake that we had made with that originally was, uh, not really looking into uh, everyone says like, if you're house hacking it, don't let people know that you're also an owner. Um, and, uh, we kind of made that mistake early on. They all had already known <laughs> that I was the owner, the existing tenants that lived there. Um, so we kind of uh, mitigated things. And now um, the, the partner, Bridget, that lives in New Jersey, she handles all tenant relations and, and that sort of thing. So I don't actually talk to the tenants anymore because I was very nervous after I found out, oh, don't do that, that I had already made that mistake. Yeah, well, I mean, and that depends on the person and the pers their personality. You know, you may not want, the reason why, you know, it's, it's thought to not let your, if you're house hacking, let the other tenants know that you're the owners because the thought is or the theory is, is that every time there's an issue, they come knocking on your door. Right. 
you know, and you know, it's, it sounds like you guys were able to recognize that early on and, and shift the responsibilities to the other partner, which is great. Cause then you're kind of more like a good cop, bad cop kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. You know, if the, if the tenants come bugging you about something, you'd be like, look, I have no control over that. That's yeah. <laughs> you got to call uh, such and such. So exactly. I just smile at them. I'm friendly to them and you know, yeah, I yeah. let the problems yeah you're like i just i'm just living here because they couldn't get the loan without me yeah. i really don't, i don't know you know whatever just come up with something that just kind of that's exactly. that's funny so but I, I wanted to ask about the management in um kind of that goes hand in hand with the fact that you guys did the renovations yourself so you know for our listeners out there for people that haven't done real estate investing or they're trying to get started in real estate investing and they're having a very hard time you know finding a deal or they can't make the numbers work i mean sometimes this is what you have to do you know you guys you found partners you guys came together so that you could draw on each other's resources and knowledge and experience and you're doing the renovations yourself maybe it's in order to make the numbers work you're self-managing maybe to make the numbers work you know real estate sounds really fun and exciting and it is, but it's also not just easy. It's not just free yeah. money. I mean, you gotta, you have to put the work in and, and the effort and the hustle. And so I just wanted to drive that point home for, for our listeners out there that, you know, it's not just all the, the bells and whistles and the pictures that everybody likes to see and, and share yeah. there, there's a lot, you know, you guys, in order to make this deal work, you had to do a lot of the work yourselves. And, and, uh, so that's really cool. I mean, that's, that's a good, ex perfect example of what it, it can, what it takes sometimes in order to get into an investment. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think right now, because there are four of us, like the things like property management and, and, um, you know, the renovations that are, we are able to easily do, like, we're still going to tackle those ourselves, uh, for at least the, the foreseeable future, just, you know, bring our costs down and because we are able to, but once we hit a point that we have scaled a lot, we obviously are going to need to put those systems in place and everything. So, yeah. And I always like to recommend too, to kind of build that stuff into your numbers anyway, if you can, right, like, you right. know, sometimes you can't, if you're trying to make the deal work, but like the property management for sure, if you can kind of build that into your cash flow, even if you're planning to manage it yourself, it's just, it's better off in case for some reason you're not able to manage it anymore. So uh, that's a good point as well. And so you I want to talk to you for a minute now about financing. You guys said you went conventional for the first, you know, acquisition, but you're, you're, it sounds like for your next move, you're trying to get creative and do a different type of uh, funding. What, what are you guys, what's your approach there? How, how are you planning to try to take down your next property? Um, so I think seller financing is something that we all find very interesting. Um, and we, especially because we don't want to get another, um, loan in one of our names right now uh doing something like that where you're not necessarily uh tied to a bank and you're just with the individual um selling the house and you can save on some of those other costs uh affiliated um with closing so we're kind of trying to go that route um but we are also exploring hard money private money definitely those are things that that scare me <laughs> But I think that I'm, I am getting more comfortable with the idea of it, just especially seeing how many people do this and are successful with it. And it's like, you know, I look at me and my partners and I'm like, well, why aren't, why can't we do that? You know, we definitely can. So we just need to um, really, we're focused on right now, finding those, those paths and, and actually starting to utilize them. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing, you know, owner financing, it does exist for the listeners out there. It actually does exist. You just have to ask. Not everybody will do it, but you have to ask, you know, it depends on the seller and their motivation for selling and where they are financially. A lot of times sellers don't mind having continual income if they're owner financing part of the deal or the deal itself. They just maybe don't want to manage it anymore. You still right. own, own it. It's just a lo- you know, loan mortgage to the property and they're just collecting money at that point. So yeah, exactly. not, yeah, not everybody does. Some people are selling because they want to get out of it or they want to buy something else or for whatever reason, but it just depends on the motivation of the seller. And you don't know if somebody's willing to do owner financing unless you ask them. So throw the offer out there. If that's the way you're trying to structure, put the offer in with the owner financing. And the worst thing that can happen is they just say no. Yeah, exactly. So that, that's cool. And then the, as far as the, the hard money and private money, I mean, that stuff, you know, it, it it's there. It, it, it's available to people just, and it can be scary, I guess. Just be careful. Make sure you know the person that you're working with. If it's a hard money lender, check some of their references or whatever. If they've got a website, make sure it's, le- you know, legit with other people that have used them. And then, right. of course, find out what their fees are. You want to make sure you are able to factor all those fees and costs into your into your budget. So when you're taking something down, there's no surprises that throw your, you know, there's no surprise fee or cost yeah. that, that, <laughs> that throws your numbers out. So, and just another suggestion, um, private notes. I mean, if you have high net worth friends and family, you know, right. private notes, which you'd be surprised that that's a good investment for people. I mean, that's not like they're not jumping into the equity of an investment, so they don't you know, potentially share your upside gains, but their, their, their downside risk is mitigated by the fact that, you know, it's a loan, you know, so they're getting, they're getting a guaranteed return. However you set that up and you can even record a mortgage on the property with the person on the private note. They're able to foreclose and take the property if you don't pay them back as well. Yeah. So all this stuff can be done and it's not as complex. You do want to, you know, understand it and learn about it, but you know, closing attorneys, you don't have to be a realtor to call a closing attorney and they'll, they'll help you set this, these agreements and stuff up. They'll help you write right. notes and, and do all of the things that need to be in place. So there's a lot of options out there, whatever you're comfortable with, but uh, I'm sure you guys, will, I'm sure you guys are going to find out, fi- find a way to find your next deal sooner or later. I have full confidence oh, thank in you. you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So where are you guys going from here? What I know you're looking for, you're making offers and you're trying to get creative with financing, but what, what type of properties are you looking for? What's your goals? You know, it's 2021. Yeah. I, I talk a lot about, you know, the new year, fresh kind of start for the new year and writing down our goals and going after accomplishing them. So what are your goals and what are you guys going to do to try to, you know, accomplish them? Accomplish them? Yes. Um, so I think we all have slightly varying goals. Uh, we definitely have uh, this, the same vision and you know some more visions, but obviously we have our we are still individuals at the end of the day with our own um, goals as well. So uh, right now the property types that we're looking at still you know the small multifamily um, or properties where we can uh, create that sort of house hack. Um, and rent by room or you know make the garage into its own separate unit um you know just properties where we can get creative with how they're rented um that's definitely what what we're trying to do and then you know hoping to get at least six more properties in 2021 and then you know eventually uh going into the more commercial uh the larger multifamilies, the apartments and you know the smaller apartments and everything and that's really on the 
the horizon for us. I think. Yeah. yeah and, I, and I talk about this a lot too. I mean, that, that kind of is the, the progression of investors when they start. They kind of start with a house hack or a small multi and everybody's goal is kind of to scale up to a, a mid-sized apartment, you know? Yeah. But honestly, though, the more that you research and understand about any aspect or any stage of that, you know, path, it, they're not really, one's not really better than the other and you don't have to do one before the other you know so right. if you educate yourself and learn how you're back to creative financing and how things are funded in certain cases those larger multifamilies can actually be easier to fund depending on right. what the circumstances are and if you're knowledgeable and comfortable there's nothing wrong with going right after that but you know taking certain steps first and making sure that you guys have the experience and are comfortable with it. There's nothing wrong with that either. So you said how many, the goal is how many built, is it buildings or units for 2021? Uh, six more buildings in 2021. So buildings. Okay. We'll so, see. So if those are, you know, duplexes, quads, yeah. houses we can turn into uh, multifamily type situations, you know, so we're going to have to come have you back for sure, obviously, because we're going to yeah. check, we're going to check in to see how, how you're making out with these goals. Exactly. And I did write them down. I, I am a big fan of that too, writing down the goals um, and also, you know, re-examine them now and then and making room for new goals or adjusting, but a huge, huge fan of writing down what you see in the future so yeah that's what i was going to say so how are you guys going to you know accomplish this and make sure that you're focused on your goals it's a good thing to write them down and the fact that you have partners everybody kind of can hold each other accountable is that yes. is that the approach exactly the holding each other accountable for sure uh, we still have our weekly meetings three times a week and then um, in addition to that we really are talking every day throughout the day as well so um, even though we're all you know working our, our day jobs as well at this point um, we are still making time to have real estate be a huge focus for all of us. So awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. <laughs> well, what, what do you do for fun when you're not, you know, out here trying to take down multifamily deals? <laughs> um, well, I mean, obviously this year has been limiting, but uh, I love to travel. Um, and uh, South Africa is really my place that I always go back and forth to. So that's, you know, I'm hoping to get back there at the end of this year. Um, and I'm a runner, so I run six miles a day, which is honestly the best way to start my day. And some days I do skip it, but, <laughs> but um, I find that that really is the best way to start out, really set yourself up for the day. And I, I truly enjoy it, like being out there running. So, and yeah, other than that, um, just spending time with my family when I can, when I can come home and see them and everything. It's very yeah. important to me. That's good. I mean, that's the thing. We talk a lot about real estate and, and grinding, but you can't get caught up in the grind. You need to, you need to enjoy yourself traveling and health, you know, of course, is a huge factor in life. It's not just money, but if you don't have your health, yes. there, there's no point in having money. So exactly. very cool. Uh, okay. And now it's time for our segment advice from our invest guests. Um, this week's uh, segment is going to be brought to you by firstchairshop.com. Uh, go check it out for your ski and snowboarding apparel. If you are into skiing and riding, they've got some really cool t-shirts and, and hoodies on there. So check out firstchairshop.com. And, uh, Three, three questions for our guest. Uh, number one, what's one thing that you can recommend for people to do right now to get started in real estate investing that haven't started yet? Uh, right now, I would just say uh, pick up a book, pick up any of the, there's so many resources 
Um, but any of these books uh, that just get you hyped up for what your future could potentially look like. Um, you know, obviously the rich dad, poor dad is the one that I've, so many people cite as being that like shift for them, but there are so many others that exist, um, for, for women out there right now in particular, I'm really loving the only woman in the room that was just compiled by Ashley Wilson, really just super motivating, uh, to get yourself to start thinking differently about where you can potentially see yourself. Awesome. That was actually, that's actually question three. So you already, oh, answered no. It. no, no, that's good though, because I, I haven't read that book, but I've heard of, I've heard about it. I've heard it's, it's got really good uh, reviews and it's really popular and helpful for a lot of people. So yeah. good, good recommendation. Okay. Number two, we'll save number two for last. Um, okay. <laughs> number two is one thing that you would do differently this on the next go around now that you've you've already started now that you have started investing. <laughs> yeah. We touched on this already, but can, yeah, you, exactly. can you point to like one specific thing? Um, I think really just, you know, I, I don't know. I can't say that I would do anything differently yet, I guess, because it is still so fresh and I'm still, you know, learning everything. And I don't know what the next thing that's going to happen is and whether what just happened is going to impact that. So yeah. I don't think I would do anything differently because I think, our future is bright and we're going to get there and awesome that's a good answer that's the first that's the first i wouldn't do anything different i've gotten so far but that that makes perfect sense you know i mean i love it great great advice right there you know just just do it and you're going to have some mistakes there's things that you could potentially change but you're not going to know what to change if you don't do it and that's a good point so you know if you had if you had done things a different way you may not have learned what you guys learned on the first one exactly so Whitney, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, before we wrap up for our listeners out there that want to learn more about you and your partners and what you guys are doing, how can they connect with you? Um, so the best way would be on Instagram. Um, I don't have a ton of content. I'm not very <laughs> good at content creation, but my handles at West invest. Um, and then my partners, they typically do do more of that. So, um, and I know you're, you're going to put their uh, handles in the show notes, but Bridget on a budget, uh, free shift flips and the landlord. And they're all amazing women. And, you know, I hope everyone follows them as well. I usually just repost what they <laughs> put up. But um, for me, Instagram has been more of a tool for connecting with others than the networking. And I really love that aspect of it. Um, so I'm going to continue doing that. So feel free to reach out to me. <laughs> Awesome. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Instagram can be a, can be great for networking and you're on the invest nest, right? Yes, I am. Yes. Awesome. Yes. I awesome. just finished making my profile. I'm very excited to be part of that community. Awesome. Um, so cool. thank you for the opportunity. Too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad to have you. Thanks for joining. So, all right, well, we'll I'm going to make sure I have all of those links in the show notes for our listeners out there. If they want to, you know, reach out to you, connect with you, network, or just see what you guys are doing, follow along in your journey, but it is West invests on Instagram. So Whitney, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, it's really cool to hear what you guys are doing and, and the, the path that you guys have taken. It sounds like you're doing a great job. I mean, you're house hacking. You guys did the renovations. You started a partnership. You're cash flowing. I mean, it's awesome stuff for all of the listeners out there that you know maybe haven't started investing yet. I think this is a, 
a great example, um, you know, of what, what they can do and what, what can happen if you just kind of st- start to take action and uh, get out there and do it. So great job, you guys. Uh, I really appreciate you joining me on the show. I hope you had a great holiday and um, I hope you have a, a, a happy new year. <laughs> Thank you so much, Travis. Thank you for having me. Yeah, my pleasure, Whitney. Thanks again. Take care. And I also want to thank all of our listeners out there for joining us again this week. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Whitney as much as I did. That was a lot of fun. And I want to remind everyone to hit the subscribe button if you're listening to the podcast. And please leave us a review and rating if you're enjoying the show so far. Don't forget to check out uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We're at The Invest Nest, so give us a follow there. And of course, go check out TheInvestNest.com and create your free profile today and start networking. I hope everyone had a happy holiday season. I want to wish everyone a happy new year. Let's go out and make 2021 a great year, uh, accomplish our goals and achieve financial freedom and and, uh, success. So thanks again, everyone. I'm your host, Travis Murphy, and we'll see you next time on the Invest Nest Real Estate Investing Show. Thank you for joining us on the Invest Nest Real Estate Investing Show. Be sure to join the investnest.com and start learning and earning today.